Good morning, friends. How are you? Uh, we are past the 90th episode, and so that's a great threshold. Yeah, really excited about that. Good morning, Lou. Good morning. How are we doing? We're coming up close on that 100th episode, which, which yeah, that's right. Yeah, as I look back, it's been what over a year we've been doing this now. Oh, yeah, I'm, it has to be right. Yeah, yeah. way over a year. Course, anyway, yeah. it's been a nice journey. Um, today we are going to be talking about chapter nine versus. I want to point this out because you were talking about the nice journey, and we just caught up all these episodes on YouTube. So people want Geter Memoirs of a Psychiatrist on YouTube. If you want the videos there, if not on Facebook, and uh, going through and putting all the episodes up and reading all the summaries and all that stuff, and it was really nice to go back through the entire path of the journey and, and revisit some of these things. So. Great few people who joined us in the middle. Make sure you go back to the beginning and uh, and you know check us out in sequence here. Yeah, it's important, by the way, that we all keep going over this uh, over and over again because I promise you, from my own experience, the more you read this, listen to it, go over it, look at your notes, um, the more it sinks in and the more clarification you get. Uh, you get a lot of understanding in second and third and fourth time. Yeah, and as you get clarity on the Atman and some of the bigger concepts, you go back to some of the earlier chapters and it, mean, it you get different meanings out of it because you have a better understanding this time around. And my suggestion, friends, is that you take notes as you're listening because you'd be amazed how your own notes can help you much more than just looking at a textbook or uh, an audio or a video. Your, your notes are very, very valuable. Keep them in one big book uh, or file and keep them all together and keep looking back at them. So, so all right. So today we're going to be talking about Chapter 9 uh, verses four and five uh this banner says one yep, two, three. i have a ring i'll fix that okay so verse four says all this world is pervaded by me in the unmanifested form that's number one it also says all beings dwell in me and i do not dwell in them verse five says nor do beings dwell in me Behold my divine yoga, bringing forth and supporting beings, myself does not dwell in them. Now, I keep bringing up the fact that the <laughs> British, when they read these things yeah. way back when, 100 years plus ago, said this is the ramblings of human beings in its earliest civilizations. Far from being so, far from being ramblings, these two verses are so deep these two verses actually capture all of chapter 9, if not even greater. So it's important for you, my friends, to try and grasp this, these two. And I'll try and make it as simple as I can because I'm getting a better understanding now than I did before. So put aside, first of all, think about what you think of God as. Okay, give it a second. Close your eyes. Think about what you think of God as. Now, try and put that thought aside because that's not at all what God is. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you use the term God, then you're bound to, because you've got a lifetime of thinking about God a certain way, bound to think of God in the same way that you've thought of God all along. But if you think of God as something else and i don't know what to tell you because all five of our senses cannot perceive god 
but it's a force of energy that can transform itself, life, consciousness, existence. It can transform itself into anything that that force wants. Mm -hmm. It can create the world, it can create the earth, it can create a human being, it can create an elephant, a dinosaur, whatever, and space, air, etc. So it's impossible to imagine what that force is like, but that is Brahman, that is Atman, that is God. Okay, so these two verses are giving a very deep explanation of what God is. So let's look at the first one. It says, all this world is pervaded by me in the unmanifested form. Now that's important to know. He's also, he meaning Brahman, Krishna, uh, in the a human being born as Mr. Krishna, then becomes self-realized, realizes himself, becomes the Atman, and now can speak in the same voice with which he was born, but he's no longer just a human being. He's actually Brahman, being able to speak in the voice of the of Krishna, as you were born. Now, when he, I say he with a capital H, I mean he, the Brahman, speaking through Krishna's body and Krishna's voice. Right. He says, all this world is pervaded by me in the unmanifested form. So I will go into details about what unmanifested form means. But just as an example, what Krishna is saying here is that I exist in every single particle of this universe, this whole cosmos. Every single piece of it is me. I am everywhere. So that force, that life force, is what causes everything. Now, in our childish brains, we think of just say my my grandchildren playing with Play-Doh, right? right? I sit with a lump of Play-Doh and I make uh, a dog out of it. Now, that dog is pervaded by that Play-Doh, which in India we used to call plasticine. I don't know what it's called <laughs> anymore, but we have Play-Doh here in the United States. It's like yeah. a plastic material. Another example that the scriptures give is of clay in a pot or gold in jewelry. So imagine that I have a gold necklace, ornate, very thick, very big, long, lots of gold in it. Right. Every part of that gold necklace is gold. Now, in order for that necklace to exist, keep this clearly in mind, friends. In order for that necklace to exist, there has to be gold. So gold, Brahman, is present in the necklace, which is the world, which is a human being. Mm -hmm. Without that Brahman, without that gold, that being, that necklace wouldn't exist. So far, so clear? Yes. Okay. So that gold is necessary. And what he's saying is all this world is pervaded by me in the unmanifested form. Not in the manifested form. Manifested form is basically Brahman as manifested as me. Brahman is manifested as this elephant, this dog, whatever. So let's continue with that. So gold pervades the Ishavakya Upanishad talks about gold pervading every ornament or a pot of clay. Now, you cannot perceive, none of us can perceive uh, Brahman. We can't see Brahman, we cannot smell Brahman, we cannot hear Brahman, we cannot taste Brahman, we cannot touch Brahman. We cannot even conceptualize, can't feel towards Brahman, cannot conceptualize or imagine what Brahman is like. But let's say clay, in an entire pot of clay, 
is made of that earth that you take from this ground, freshly made that earth. You can smell it. Mm -hmm. You can touch it. You can feel that it's clay in a different form. You can taste it. You can smell it. You can, if you knock on it, you're going to feel a different kind of sound than knocking on a piece of wood. Every one of your senses can perceive that it's actually a clay pot. Similarly, this entire universe, every piece of it, the tree, uh, uh, an animal, an insect, a human being is made of Brahman. We can't perceive Brahman, but we can perceive the manifestation of that Brahman. Right. Um, and he says in the uh, Upanishads that the unmanifest form is in Sanskrit known as avyakta. Avyakta form is one that cannot be perceived by uh, the senses. So the God is present, God, this force, life, uh, Brahman is present in the world. The, the world is present in God is the second concept. The second one he says is, all beings dwell in me. Okay, what that means is that imagine a rope. This is a constant example in the scriptures, a rope and a snake. You see a rope in the dark, you mistake it for a snake. You step back, you say, oh, there's a snake there. You're mistaking the rope as the snake. Mm -hmm. Now, that snake, that imaginary snake that you're imagining is only present because the rope is there. Right. If the rope were not there, you would not see it as a snake. So it says the world is present in God. The world depends on God, Brahman. The existence of all beings depend on God. Now, carefully think about this. Brahman is present as Brahman is the rope, right? We right. are actually seeing the Brahman as this earth. We're seeing the Brahman as a being, as an elephant, as a human being, etc. But we're misperceiving what we're seeing. We're seeing right. it as an elephant, but really that's Brahman. That's the plasticine. That's the Play-Doh that's presenting as an elephant. Because that's a concept we can understand. That's a concept that we can perceive, we can mm -hmm. see, we can hear, we can hear the trumpeting of the elephant, we can touch it, we can say this is an elephant. We mm -hmm. understand that. But really what's below that, beneath that, is Brahman. So the world is present in God. We, the elephant needs Brahman in order to exist. If it were not for Brahman, the elephant wouldn't exist. If it weren't for the rope, the snake, the imaginary snake wouldn't exist. Right. So, for example, a person who doesn't know what gold is, if he's looking at gold ornaments, and if he's told this is all gold, and he has to conceptualize that if this were all melted, this necklace melted, it would be gold. That's the first stage in recognizing God. The second stage is to say that ornaments exist in God. Second stage is to say, I, Lou, all of us exist in God. We are God. We don't perceive ourselves. Gold can exist without the ornaments, right? Right. Brahman can exist without any of us, but we cannot exist without the without the Brahman. Ornaments right. cannot exist without gold. Gold can exist without the, but the world cannot exist without God. God can exist without the gold. I hope this is clear. This is if you listen to it again, if you make notes, if you read your notes, at some point it'll become crystal clear. Yeah, the struggle is the word God, especially yeah, for what exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's the you know, the picture of the bearded man in the white robe. Exactly. So that's why I said wipe that out from your mind as far yeah. as you can. Then it says, 
the third one, I do not dwell in them, which means that God does not uh, exist because of us. Then fourth one in verse five says, nor do beings dwell in me. Behold my divine yoga. Um, that means, in fact, in my real nature, there is no world, no beings. World is just an appearance on me. I alone am. I am. I, Brahman, am. Because of my existence, you exist. So I do not exist in them. In this world means my existence doesn't depend on the world. I do not depend on the world. I am subtler than the world. Right. For example, the entire ocean is pervaded by water, right? Every wave, every ripple, every deep piece is water. But water can exist without the waves. Water can exist in a glass, in a pot, right. in a waterfall. But the waves and the ocean cannot exist without water. Right. Now, in that example, the water is Brahman and the ocean and the waves are uh, the world. So... In my real nature, there is no world, no beings. Um, when, I, when my manifestation goes away, as if it were night, when everything comes back, as you, we talked about in previous episodes, every 4.32 billion years, the world either expands, wakes up, or contracts and becomes back to the little piece that had the um, Big Bang. Right. So Krishna says, in my real nature, this is important. There are no beings, no world. It's just an appearance that appears after I manifest. Everything, every particle is pervaded by me, Brahman. It's like a movie projected on a screen. Imagine right. that. Yep. This is another example that's given by many swamis. The entire movie is present on the screen. You see the movie moving, bad guys doing bad things, uh, cars moving fast. But the right. screen itself is absolutely clear, and the screen exists whether the movie is there or not. But the movie cannot exist without the screen. All right. Um, then the next thing that you should know is that the existence of beings has an illusory effect to the eyes of the deluded. Yes. Beings do not actually exist. Brahman alone exists. Only an enlightened one sees Brahman alone supporting the illusory phenomenon of the world. This is what Swami Parthasarthi wrote. So imagine that it's a dream. Just like right. a dream, you can have all kinds of things happening in the dream. You're fast asleep. It's your mind that's creating the dream. And it when seems you, very real. So it seems very real. When right. you're the dreamer examining this, looking at it, going through all the details of the dream. How can I get out of this room? How can I find an exit to get out? It seems very scary, very real. But if somebody were to say to you, you're just dreaming, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Only when you wake up, the same mind that created the dream is now saying, wow, what a dream that was. I was scared. Just as a dream folds back into the mind that created it, Remember, the dream goes back into the same mind that created it. Right. The world and all of us will, after 4.32 billion years, fold back into Brahman. At the end of the dream, that's when the contraction of the universe takes place. So our universe is, what, 13.8 billion years? Okay. And 
every 4.32 billion years, this contraction and expansion takes place. So like the rope and the snake, the snake is pervaded by the rope in its unmanifest form. The snake depends on the rope. The existence of the rope does not depend on the snake, right? But mm -hmm. the existence of the snake depends on your misperception of that rope, which in the scriptures is called misapprehension. Apprehension doesn't mean fear of. Apprehension also means the uh, ability to comprehend, apprehend this as a, a rope. Mm -hmm. Even when the snake disappears, the rope exists. In the rope, there is no snake. Okay, so um, all beings exist in Brahman. Sorry, I'm going over this again and again yep. and again in different examples, but it's necessary. All beings exist in Brahman. The beings are the snake. The Brahman is the rope. Brahman doesn't exist in the beings, meaning the rope doesn't exist in the snake. Ocean remains the source of the waves. Waves exist in the ocean. The ocean does not exist in the waves. There can be no waves without the ocean. So I think we've done this enough. Am mm -hmm. I right? Yes. I love the analogy about the dream because it's really interesting because when you're in the dream, you have no concept of your life outside the dream. You have no concept that you're in bed sleeping. You have no concept of your other life. Everything, all the thoughts and all the experiences that created this dream, you have no consciousness of that. Except sometimes in dreams, you get a little lucid and you say, hey, this is just a dream. And your approach to the dream is totally different. It looks Correct. different because you understand you understand that you are in a dream. I love that analogy, and I think it fits well here. Uh, it, good, good. There are many such examples. I think we gave this story of, uh, I forget if it was uh, Plato or whoever made this uh, thing, that they're all in a dark cave, all human beings, surrounded by uh, sitting chained to the wall. And yeah. then one person escapes and keeps walking until he goes through the dark. He can't even see his nose in front of him. And then he comes to the outside and suddenly sees the light and says, oh, there's a whole world here. I should go back and tell my fellow people this. Um, he's awoken. He's seen what the reality is. And he says, all the other people are just sitting in the dark, chained yep. to the walls, looking at this fireplace, looking at the shadows on the wall. Very, very good analogy. And unless they take the journey down the cave, they're never going to understand it. They don't right. have perception of it. Or they even without taking the journey down the cave, if the person comes back after seeing the sunlight and says, hey, there is such a thing, at least take that knowledge, because that's what our forefathers have left to us. These scriptures that say there is this bright sunshine outside. You don't have to just sit here and look at the fire and the shadows on the wall. Okay. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, if you want the audio only. On YouTube, there's videos. On Facebook, there's videos as well. Leave comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.